0: Uh, Matthew 5, verses 1 through 10. Seeing the crowds, he went up the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And that is from the ESV, and now it is my privilege to introduce to you my favorite guy here at, at Grace Life, my husband Michael, who's going to bring the message.
1: Are we are we allowed to do that? I mean, in church. Uh, well, I have a little prop with me that I'm going to use today. Uh, nobody told me I couldn't do that, so it's a uh, it's a mirror, and I'll explain this, and we'll be using it a few times during the message today, but uh, before I begin, it's just good to see I look out and I see some familiar faces uh, from my past, and uh, it's just good to have family and friends here today, so I'm just glad to see you. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, uh, I just give you praise and thanks, Lord. I, I recognize that the only good thing in me is you. And, and, and Lord, I pray today that it would be you that would be glorified in all that is said and done. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. Well, uh, I fight a battle within me every day that I think just might be familiar to you as well. It's a constant tugging on my soul to elevate myself. Anyone else can relate to that? If not, I'll show you that you probably do. This inner struggle raises its ugly head, especially when I face some kind of personal struggle or a relationship issue with someone. And that is why uh, I'm going to use this mirror to illustrate that um, if it wasn't for me, I wouldn't have any problems at all. Because when I hold this mirror up and I look in the mirror, I see this old guy. But I can't see you. And I find that very helpful as I face struggles and personal issues in my life. Charles Spurgeon wrote this, It is not enough for me to know that my sin is forgiven. We know that, right? Our sins is forgiven. I have a fountain of sin within my heart. The the bitter waters continually flow from it. Oh, that my nature could be changed so that I, the lover of sin, could be made a lover of that which is good, that I, now full of evil, could become full of holiness. It's crazy to me. I've been in ministry for 38 years. It's crazy to me that after all of these years, a voice still whispers to me, still calls out to me justifications for my responses and my behavior that separate me from god the voice plays with my emotional need to be affirmed and loved you want to be affirmed and loved don't you we all want to be affirmed and loved but this voice will say anything to get me to seek an answer that only deepens my problems See, the voice says things to me like, well, yeah, Michael, if you lose your temper, it's okay because they provoked you. Find that in the Bible. If you don't keep a promise, it's because you were too busy doing other things. If you lose your job, it's because your boss was unreasonable and he had it in for you all along. And if you don't get a pay raise, it's because, well, you're just not appreciated. If a close relationship ends, it's because the other person has issues. And if you don't tithe, it's because you have a low income and you can't afford to. If you're stopped for speeding, it's because you're late for work. If you're late for work, it's because you were stopped for speeding. Sometimes the voice says to me, Michael, you've always done it this way. There's no need to change. If you tell a lie, the voice says, well, it was to make a point. If you speak about someone else's problems, it's mass and, well, I'm only telling you this so that you can pray for them. If that's true, we could leave out a lot of the details, right? God knows the details. There you go. Um, If you're insensitive to someone, well, it's okay because they don't listen anyway. And if you disobey the Lord, it's okay because He understands your circumstances. You get the idea, right? I want to give a little disclaimer here before I go any further because I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea I'm not saying that other people and circumstances cannot steal your joy away from you what I'm saying to you is is that your responses to the things that happen are your responsibility what happens to me is my responsibility how I respond How I respond to someone being rude to me. How I respond to the illnesses I have. How I respond to my wife. How I respond to my children. Those are my responsibility. How I seek after God is my responsibility. You see, I see more and more that these responses in me that I listed are a result of unresolved issues in my own heart. Could to be honest with you about that today? It's not about Lisa's heart or your heart. It's about my own heart. I want to blame others for whatever the problem is and not take personal responsibility. And that's why I say, if it wasn't for me, I wouldn't have any problems at all. A while ago, I was having lunch with a young man. I mean, he was probably in his 30s, early 30s. And um, he was having issues at work and he was having issues at home. And it was his second marriage and he, uh, we were having lunch and he's telling me about all of his wife's problems. And he went on for about 40 minutes or so when I uh, said, well, um, I've noticed that during this time that we've been talking, You haven't said anything about your own personal shortcomings. Would you like me to point a few of them out? And this was kind of a tough guy, and he got kind of stiff and growled at me a little bit. But you know what? At this stage of my life, I'm done with placating. Isn't it time that we be honest with one another? Shouldn't we be able to be honest with one another in the faith? Certainly, certainly. I said to him, you know, maybe you should try something different in your relationships because what you're doing doesn't seem to be working. And he says, well, how long have you been married? I said, well, uh, 43 years at that time the same girl and he said how do you do that and i said well i can tell you this i'm not a marriage counselor and i'm not an expert on marriage and i've got my own issues because if it wasn't for me oops i wouldn't have any problems at all but i can tell you this as long as you view your wife has a problem, you are going to have nothing but relational conflict, not only with her, but with everybody else in your life. She's not a problem. She's a kingdom possibility. And ladies, the men in your life that might be troublesome at times, we are. Let's admit it, guys. Come on. We're not a problem. We're a kingdom possibility. I need the comfort and power of God's Word to overcome my human frailty. And that's why I say, if it wasn't for me, I wouldn't have any problems at all. See, we trust our feelings. My feelings cannot be trusted. I can think of many times when my feelings were completely incompatible with the teaching of Jesus. My feelings were saturated in resentment while the Bible says to forgive. The world says, follow your heart. Follow your heart. The Bible says, follow Jesus. Your heart will destroy you, your mind will destroy you. But Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, the answers to my issues, my issues are found in the words of Jesus himself. And the first point of the message today is we need to cooperate with God in cleaning up our own mess. Matthew 5, Lisa read earlier, I'm going to read the first five verses again. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth, and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Matthew 5 recounts the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave on a hillside near Capernaum. He proclaimed that position, authority, and money are not important in his kingdom. What matters is faithful obedience of the heart. Many in our day have failed to embrace the reality of their own depravity. Just ask them. They'll tell you how good they are. There's not even a little bit of good in me. Not, not, not some. There's none. What is good in me is Jesus Christ and Him alone alone. But people think that their acts of service will somehow overshadow the darkness they store inside. I'm good, I do this and I do that and I do this and I do that. The Bible says it's all as as if it were filthy rags. The world says God helps those who help themselves. The Bible teaches that no, God helps those who are dependent on Him. See, self-righteousness, and this is important, so please remember this if you don't remember much of anything else. Self-righteousness by its very nature cannot please God. It cries out a series of eyes. I think, I want, I heard, I know. And it leaves out what God said. So if you find yourself in conversation saying, well, I think, I feel, I want some self-righteousness coming out of you. We must acknowledge that we are spiritually bankrupt. Isn't this what I just read? For what is truly important is what God thinks, what God wants, what God says, and what God knows. Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount that God blesses those who are poor in spirit. There's a huge distinction between humility And pride. We act as if it's okay if we store a little bit of pride, right? I mean, don't I deserve to be a little prideful? I mean, I'm pretty good at some things, right? We need to surrender it all. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will exalt you. Now this is a Michaelism, but I think it's important. And I think it's something that we need to remember. A prideful heart always seeks justification. While the humble heart sees no need to travel down that road. The prideful heart always says, yeah, but boy, they mistreated me. Boy, did they do this. And boy, I, you know. The humble heart says, you know what? Why not me? Look what they did to my Lord. See, some people think they're humble, but they're often the most prideful. We must make a humble exchange, envy for mercy, selfishness for loving others, earthly concerns for godly peace, worldly thoughts for godly truth, (laughs) disorder and dysfunction for clarity of purpose. This is off the script a second, but one of the things that I love about Grace Life Church. And if you're here for the first time, this is something that, that I hope that you, you understand and, and that God showed you. One of the things that I loved about coming here when Lisa and I first came and we said, first Sunday we were here, we said, this is it. This is our home. This is where we need to serve because there was clarity of purpose. There might not have been a lot of hoopla, right? I mean, we're not dancing in the streets and, and doing flip-flops and all kinds of crazy stuff. But there's clarity, a purpose. It's the gospel. It's Jesus. It's not Jesus and. It's Jesus. Jesus. So, you know, my friends, my mess is my mess. And, 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 and by the way, my mess is not for you to clean up. It, it, it's my own mess. Because if it wasn't for me, boy, sometimes I get tired of looking at this guy. If it wasn't for me, I would have no problems at all. Seems like a silly illustration, but I'm just telling you, if you looked in this mirror at yourself, Close up. I see all the flaws. I'm 70 years old. I'm not 25 anymore. But if I look deeper, I see flaws in my character. In my actions. In my behavior. Kills me. The second point is don't settle for the good things in life when you can have the God things. There's a lot of good things in life. A lot of good things in life. There's a lot of things that God has provided for you to enjoy. He wants you to enjoy them, okay? Maybe a good cigar. Matthew 5, 6-8 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the poor of heart, for they shall see God. You see, I'm a grown man. I I make big boy decisions. If my decisions are not pleasing to God, it's certainly not your fault. It's not Lisa's fault. See, often I've settled for the things in life that seem good, only to miss out on the best things. When you think about the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes can be understood as a standard of conduct for us. Blessed are those who seek after righteousness, right? They can also be viewed as contrasting worldly views versus kingdom values or exposing spiritual faith against the real faith Christ wants. Bingo! Boy, that struck me. The real faith that God wants. I'm afraid that a lot of times we live a superficial faith, my friends. I'm speaking to myself. Regardless of your perspective, this, this, the attitudes tell us how to be blessed. Did you know that being blessed means more than being happy? See, God is promise, promising us more much more than we realize. He's opening the window into His kingdom. God, Jesus is not promising you and I a life of laughter, pleasure, and earthly prosperity. Stop watching that stuff. What He might do is give you those things. And you'll find out how unhappy you can be. Yeah. See, to Jesus, blessed means to experience the hope and joy independent of momentary pleasure. Have you found that to be true in your life? Have you found that if things aren't going so well, there's an inner joy and an inner peace within you that the world cannot understand, nor can they ever take? It's not superficial. It's heartfelt. It's deep. It's real. Yes. The deepest form of happiness I've ever experienced is when my joy was found in Jesus. Clarity of purpose. Jesus. The gospel of Jesus. Jesus takes the things we cling to as good. And he shows us that they have little to no value. And at the same time, he takes the hope in our heart and he creates an environment of joy. For some of you, your heart is not full of joy. Your heart is happy sometimes and not so happy the next. And my friends, that's normal if you cling to happiness. But if you cling to Jesus, He offers you a heart of joy. It's not based on circumstances. You can have joy all the time, because I know that if it wasn't for me, I wouldn't have any problems at all. because with me, I continually look for happiness and not joy. And lastly, today, We receive your inheritance. Receive your inheritance both now and forever. Matthew 5, 9 and 10. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What do we do when we're persecuted for righteousness' sake? We grumble and complain and we blame somebody else. We take no responsibility for our own actions. That's me. we got to stop. The very fact that on most days we don't act as if we are children of God should be proof enough that our feelings cannot be trusted. A child of God is secure knowing the Father will never leave them nor forsake them. It's getting hard in our culture today to believe in a heavenly Father who will never leave you nor forsake you when earthly fathers are failing at such a high rate. But God's ways are not man's ways. God has such a better way. A child of God is secure knowing the Father will never leave him. They're comforted with the presence of the Holy Spirit and not looking for a way out Of the circumstances instead they trust God to bring them through the hardship this is another thing about superficial Christianity superficial Christianity asks Lord get me out of here take this away from me I'm not saying that God if you have physical stuff like I do I'm not saying that you know you don't pray God will you heal me But whatever happened to my grace is sufficient for you. Get out of bed and get done what needs to be done. If the Lord heals you, boy, what a plus it is. Because I'll tell you what I'm learning. If He heals my heart, I'm going to live. And if He doesn't, I'm going to live forever. Can't beat that, can you? Verse 10 says, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right. Get up. Do the right thing. God blesses those who forgive others. You want to know another uh, superficial Christianity? Is when we pick and choose who we forgive. Or we say, I'll forgive them when they ask for it. When did Jesus forgive you? You can't even remember all of your sins. I certainly can't remember mine. Freedom will only come when we forgive those who have offended us. And by the way, speaking of clarity, if we keep our eyeballs on Jesus, a lot less things are going to offend us. That's the truth. But there's something else I wanted to mention today before we go. And that's that superficial Christianity. Sometimes we're tricked into thinking that we're we're doing well. We're, we're, we're on the right road. We're, the path is great. The, everything is fine, okay? But the fact is we could be headed for trouble. So I read this illustration I wanted to share with you. I know we got a... Retired pilot with us today, or I guess you're still a pilot, but you know, but you're just not flying commercially anyway. He'll understand this completely. But on July sixteenth, nineteen ninety nine, John F. Kennedy Jr. was killed when his Piper Saratoga light aircraft he was piloting crashed into the Atlantic Ocean off the coast of Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. His wife, Carolyn Bessette, and his sister-in-law, Lauren Bessette, were also killed. The intended flight path was along the coastline of Connecticut and across Rhode Island Sound to its final destination of Martha's Vineyard Airport. The National Transportation Safety Board concluded that the crash was caused by the pilot's failure to maintain control of his airplane during a descent over water at night, which was a result of what is called spatial disorientation. The cause of this disorientation was hazy conditions which existed on the night of the fatal crash coupled with the fact that he was insufficiently trained to fly using the instrument panel. Superficial Christians are insufficiently trained to fly their life in difficult times. They don't know what to do because they, they, they haven't absorbed enough of the word of god so they keep right on going now the haze led to disorientation for pilots other pilots flying similar routes on the night of the accident reported no visual horizon while flying over the water because of the complete fog which made it impossible to know up from down Ooh. Because of the conditions, he thought he was flying in the right direction. But instead, he flew his plane downward until he was in a death spiral. He thought he was going up when he was really going down. Kennedy, like many people, thought he was going in the right direction, even though the haze made it impossible to distinguish between heaven and earth. Isn't that the world we're living in today? What seems right is wrong, and what's wrong is right. And everybody's redefining everything in life. And man, it's pretty foggy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he did not rely on his instruments, but on his gut feeling. He relied on his feelings. Jesus has given us an instrument panel to guide us and help us to distinguish between heaven and earth. And that is what the Beatitudes are for. This is what Jesus intended to do, yet is headed in the opposite direction of what we think. Of what we think is the right direction. Of what people around us tell us is the right direction. The Beatitudes help us remember that we are headed for another world and that the rules are different. We cannot rely on our gut feeling about what is right and wrong, up and down. We need to believe in the instrument panel we have been given to guide us as we live in another kingdom. I hear superficial Christians all the time say, I'm trying. Could I make a suggestion to you today? stop trying and start training the bible doesn't say try in righteousness it says training in righteousness you got to train you wouldn't go out here and try to run a marathon today would you without any training it'd be pretty funny i'd like to watch no we would train we'd start eating right we'd start running we'd get into shape Well, how are we training in righteousness to be all that God wants us to be? Matthew 25, 34 says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now imagine, okay, Imagine, if you will, your family where everyone took responsibility for their own actions. Now, Lisa's here, so I'm not going to say that I always do this. But I think she would say that I'm training. I'm in training. And I'm doing better. And I'm going to do better even more as I depend on Christ. And she is too. But imagine if you can, your family where everyone takes responsibility for their own actions. Imagine a church that sought righteousness more than tradition or filling seats. That sought righteousness. Jesus. Imagine a church that sought Jesus more than anything else, more than anyone else. Preachers that would be honest and say, and we have one in Tommy Clayton and Matt. But preachers that would say, if it wasn't for me, I wouldn't have any problems at all. Imagine. Imagine what our workplaces would be like. Instead of trying to force everyone to believe as we believe. What if we loved everyone like Jesus loved them and still loves them? What if we were the best worker? We did the most work. We didn't call off sick. We did whatever was asked of us and more. Imagine a workplace like that. Imagine what ministry would be like for all of us. Wow. If we received the inheritance as children of God right now. I'm I'm telling you, He wants to give us that inheritance right now. Right now. I can't even wrap my mind around heaven. I I, I wouldn't even try. I'm not that smart. I know what the Bible says about it, but wow. But what if I were to receive the inheritance as a child of God right now? What could you say that would hurt me, right? I'm a child of God. What What could you do to me that could harm me? I'm a child of God. So when I read the Beatitudes, there's two things that become very, very clear to me. I know that the best example of these ten verses is found in Jesus himself. I know that for sure. And also, I know that so sorry God sometimes look in the mirror and be honest if it wasn't for me I wouldn't have any problems at all Lord you gave it all for me everything let's pray Father, I just give You thanks today for just the opportunity to share Your Word. I pray, Father, that no one would leave here feeling like they're they're battered or or bruised because uh, of the words that were spoken. Your, Your Word is not intended to hurt us. Your Word is intended to lift us up and to help us. Help us, Father, to... Receive the truth of your word, Lord. To be blessed by it. I pray, Father, that that we would not add to it or take something away from what you said. That we would believe what you said. You are such a wonderful God. Lord, would you bless your people today beyond human measure, in Jesus' name, amen.